1: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do
2: not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
1: Please welcome your CEO coach.
3: And welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, your CEO coach and uh, president and founder at SEO Moz. I'm with Jeremy Derringer, who is now the chief research officer and founder at Slingshot SEO. Welcome, Jeremy. Hi, Jillian. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Mm, thanks for coming along. I appreciate it. Um, I wanted you to share with uh, the listeners here some of your experiences in the early days of building Slingshot SEO. How did you decide to build it? What was the backstory here? How did you come to that? And uh, I know that you have two co-founders. How did you decide on who to found with and what did that story look like?
2: Yeah, so it kind of like goes back. I'll try to make this uh, keep this story short, but it goes back to our, our, our roots in high school, I, I worked with a, a couple of my partners in high school to start a business we called at the time DreamWorks Interactive Web Design. At the time, we knew nothing about trademark infringement. So we'll kind of keep that uh, on the down low a little bit. But we were m- creating websites to generate affiliate advertising revenue using ClickTrade and Commission Junction at the time. Mm-hmm. We would build websites on your AOL uh, profile pages. So it'd be like members.aol.com, your username. We would build car websites. And get them to the top of Yahoo and AltaVista and Lycos and, and Metacrawler and all those different types of websites, uh, those search engines at the time. And it was really easy to reverse engineer the basic things that those, those sites uh, were looking for to rank, uh, rank your website. So from there, we kind of got into this stuff. We were passionate about it. Some of our sites were making as much as $2,500 a month from affiliate ad revenue when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. And that was crazy when everybody else was delivering pizzas for a job or something like that in high school. In Zionsville, the high school that we went to, 96% of our classes already enrolled in college uh, up to six months before graduation. So it was mm-hmm. just a thing that you knew you were going to college. So there was no way we were going to try to run some kind of a tech or web design business or an affiliate business uh, right out of uh, high school. So we all went to college and we w- went our different ways. And that was somewhere around the year 2000. And that's when the bubble burst, the tech bubble burst. Mm-hmm. So some of those affiliate websites went from $2,500 a month to $70 a month in a matter of a couple months because advertisers were pulling out so fast. That
3: makes it hard to pay rent and buy books in college.
2: Absolutely uh, difficult, but it, it definitely provided us with enough money, so what little we had saved from spending money on our cars and Taco Bell and things like that mm-hmm. at the time that we thought were really important, um, we kind of went our different ways. And one of the way that I went, I went to, to school for organizational leadership and supervision um, at, at Purdue University. Uh, my partners, Kevin Bailey, went to school for finance and accounting at Kelly School of Business at IU. And my other partner went to school to study biology at IU. And basically we went our different ways. I graduated early, went to work for the family business, and realized that in the recession of 9-11, uh, my father's business was suffering quite a bit. And uh, it, it, we were and what barely- business was he in? He has a website called newprocontainers.com, and it's a manufacturer and distributor of interiorscape products. So if you go into a hotel, a mall, a, an office building, and you see plant containers, planters around the office, there's companies that install and maintain those plants in an office. It's not generally, mm-hmm. those things aren't purchased by, by the individual. So he provides them with all the supplies, the, the pots, and all the stuff they need to take care of those, those plants. It's a small industry. It doesn't even have an SIC code, actually. But that was kind of my last shot in that rough economy to have a job was to go work for my father. And I quickly realized that uh, he needed some help on the marketing front.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So one cool thing you get to do when you work for your father is you can argue with him forever and you're never going to get fired. And that (laughs) that was a huge benefit that I had at the time. And I told him, hey, father, I'd really like to rebuild your website. And I want to see if that stuff – that." You know, we didn't even call SEO at the time. I want to see if that stuff I did in high school uh, still has an impact. Make a long story short, we took him from 30 visitors a month to 500 and from 500 to 17,000 visitors a month. And the the thing that made the difference was when we hit 500 visitors a month, which was really small, but that was enough to land him a client out of Puerto Rico that he was selling $4,500 a month with a product every single month. And for a $3 million a year, you know, small business, that, that was significant. So he said, I'm going to make the investment further. Mm-hmm. And we ranked him for all kinds of uh, terms related to his industry, plant containers, flower pots, you name it. Okay. He showed off to everybody else. And about that time, my other friends had come around, my, my former partners that I had, and we kind of got the band back together. It took a long time to convince Kevin and Aaron that uh, this was a project that they should both jump into. Aaron was, had just been accepted into med school, and Kevin had a job working for CRA International, which is a patent infringement and trademark expert witnessing firm, mm-hmm. a consulting firm. So he was making good money in Chicago, and Aaron was getting ready to go to med school, and I probably really made their parents mad for a while by helping convince these two uh, guys to abandon those career paths. But uh, it's been fantastic for us, and the rest okay. is kind of history.
3: So you were a driving force in getting the other two together. right? When you first set up shop, um, I'm assuming your father was now telling others that – You know, you guys were good at what you did and look what he did for me. So that's how you got your first smaller clients. Mm -hmm. Um, Who among the three of you went out and made sales?
2: Well, kind of like you're alluding to, the first few sales were just based upon relationships. I mean, the first sale that I made uh, was with a a fine arts dealer that kind of came through my father's business. And he sat there, and after my father had shown off, being a proud father, all these things we had accomplished with his website and SEO, um, this gentleman said, hey – I'd like you to do this for my business. I said, "Well, you know, I'm going to take over the family business. This is this is my focus." And he said, I'm telling you you have the job and you haven't told me how much it's going to cost. Do you know what that means?
3: (laughs) So you learned a little bit about sales from your father's friend. That's pretty cool. Um, I think maybe a lot of young technologists don't realize they're in business until somebody a little older and wiser tells them that. That's true. That's pretty fun. Um, So, again, there were three of you. At what point did you begin to grow beyond the three of you? How many months did that take? Well...
2: We we none of us took a salary at the beginning. Actually, Kevin moved back in with his parents. My wife uh, worked for the commercial bank, at JPMorgan Chase, so mm-hmm. she she was kind of footing my bill for for a minute. And uh, and Aaron was kind of a nomad at the time, you know, with med school and everything that he was he was mm-hmm. planning on doing. So he moved in with me actually. Mm-hmm. So I had saved up. I had managed by this time to save up ten thousand dollars of my own money, and that ten thousand dollars disappeared pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were all kind of working remotely and and found a way to get together. And and So it didn't really take any funding. We didn't have any angel investors Mm -hmm. or anybody else. But unlike a lot of startups, our business started with a sale. So I already had my first sale. So Mm -hmm. that first sale for me was $6,400 that I had half of that as a down payment Mm -hmm. to go with that $10,000. So we were basically eating beans for a while and it was more of just a a partnership. We each had equal ownership. I said, hey, I'm not going to just carve off 10% for one of you and 10% for the other. I said, we're going to build this corporation from the ground as being equal third partners. That way everybody was equally motivated and I didn't have to shell out any kind of a salary or payment for uh, the partners and I needed their skill sets. And they each had unique skills that, that we needed. So, What were those skill sets? So Kevin, he had his background obviously in finance and accounting, so he's really organized. He was exceptional with Excel. He understood accounting really well. He knew what our pricing models needed to look like. He made us seem very professional right off right off the bat. Okay, and? Aaron had background, kind of like his hobby was to continue. He continued to mess with HTML and CSS and Mm -hmm. some basic development stuff. He was also uh, really schooled in Photoshop and Illustrator and all the Mm -hmm. Adobe products. So his design skills with, I I was kind of the SEO guru at the time. And we hired one developer that was more of a hardcore back-end coder. Mm -hmm. I think we paid him $14 an hour to start. So we used what money we did have to hire one employee.
3: Okay. So now how many employees have you got?
2: We just hit 101 last week.
3: 101. Full-time All employees, right. not
2: counting subcontractors. So you're over
3: that magic 100 mark. Okay, yeah. so congratulations. We're going to take a break here at uh, CEO Coach, and when we get back, we're going to talk about how that transition happened between the three of you and this one dollars an hour employee – and getting to that 101 and also being number 38, I believe, out of the Inc. 500.
2: We were number so, 58.
3: Oh, number 58. Okay, that's still a wonderful place to be. So number 58 out of the Inc. 500, one of the fastest growing companies, certainly in the Indianapolis area and uh, in Indiana, a state that's really been hit hard by the recession. You guys are kicking butt and taking names. So we're going to talk about how those stones came together and got all connected. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach with... Jeremy Derringer, now the Chief Research Officer and Founder at Slingshot SEO.
1: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this.
3: Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the
1: only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for
2: all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
0: In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. Hi, this is Molly Lane and Bo Blackwell from Affiliate Marketing Today. And we are wishing you happy holidays and a
3: profitable new year. From
2: all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy
1: holidays and a prosperous new year. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: And we're back. This is Jillian at CEO Coach. I'm here with Jeremy Derringer. Welcome back, Jeremy. Thank you. Okay. So before the show, uh, you know, before the break, you told us a little bit about the beginnings of Slingshot SEO. Let's talk about the challenges that you faced along the way to getting to this 101-person company, um, a multi-million dollar company. I don't know if you're at uh, at leisure to share the exact gross that, that you guys make. I don't know how transparent you can get on that. You know we certainly are at SEOmoz. Um, but be as transparent as you can connecting the dots, uh, you know, the kind of sums you made maybe in the first and the second year and so on, so that people who are listening today, just starting their own companies and then growing to that midsize, and now you will be making the leap to enterprise size corporation, uh, get a sense of what that path looks like.
2: Yeah, so I can tell you right off the bat that we will be in excess of $10 million in revenue uh, for 2011, okay. um, and our, we have some pretty lofty goals. We've had pretty outrageous growth to get to that level, which has allowed us to uh, rank number 58 on the Inc. 500 list. So I think what I've seen, I've witnessed and interacted with a lot of what I would call boutique agencies that try to get into the marketing field. They they pick a specialty. It might be social media, it may be SEO, it could be conversion rate optimization, or they could try to be a a one-size-fits-all type of solution where they're doing web design and everything. It seems like a lot of organizations start out like that. We kind of knew we wanted to be doing SEO right from the get-go. Now, we did do web development and some other things, and we just use SEO as the value add to help us sell stuff. But early on, we had to have a focus because if you're a small company and you're a jack of trades, then you, you, you never really become great at anything. So that's one of the first pieces of advice is find focus. What do you want to be amazing at? What do you want to be phenomenal at doing? The next piece that I think helped us kind of break through and get where we're at today is that.